Hey, this is Nolan North, and you're listening to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. Why wouldn't you? Take it from me. Raphael from TMNT. Go back to 2007. We'll save our brother, and then we'll save New York City. Or, of course, you may listen to the Krang. Because the Krang know that you should listen to Turtles. Turtles and Turtle Power Hour. Go listen, Krang. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. I'm Mike Templeton at home, otherwise known as Kmart Mike, but my enemies call me Cody Tuckett. Kmart Mike. I love it. <laughs> I debated between Kmart Mike or Shopco Mike. I don't know which is more of a dead, Ooh, a dead store. I, I feel like Kmart was deader. True. Kmart of my heart. Right. How's it is going, it really fellas? Only- is it really only your enemies that call you Cody? Because uh-huh. I was planning on actually calling you by your by your normal name, but if you want to be Kmart Mike, that that's okay too. I can <laughs> I can say that. Kmart Mike, Mike picked a good week to not show up. Yeah, these were some good episodes we watched. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, no, the the series did end on a pretty good note. I think. But the season, Not the season, the season. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it is going to change and almost be a new series after this. So true. Supposedly. Though yeah, I, so was kinda, f- I was kind of, I was kind of thinking. I don't know. The tone shift. It gets credit for Red Sky, but I feel like they already started it long before, at least in this season. Yeah, it. It's definitely not like a hard transition. Like they're they've built up to it in this season. Definitely. It's like so. the. Uh... Oh man. Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill run of Batman, you know, before the 80s. You know, it's kind of like that transition from the just absolutely out there bonkers to like getting a bit more serious until suddenly, you know, the Dark Knight Returns happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> with the Red Sky season almost. Yeah. So we're at the end of season seven. So we're doing Invasion of the Kringazoids, Combat Land, and Shredder Triumphant is the season finale. And like we said, good episodes. Yeah, they're three pretty decent episodes, not going to lie. Yeah, I actually genuinely enjoyed watching them, like, all the way through, pretty much. We've been talking about this, I'm sure, I I think we talked about it last episode, that, like, as the show has gone on, it's somehow gotten better, and, like, the more toys they seem to introduce, it also gets better, which is kind of the opposite of every other show of if, every other show I've ever watched, you know. If they could write every episode to sell a toy, I think it would be fantastic because those are the ones yeah. it gives them something like so concrete and solid to build it around. Yeah, it's not just mobsters and Mr. Og. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cuz like seasons 3, 4 and 5 for the most part aren't worth your time. Uh season 2 is okay. Season 1 is good. I'd say season the last half of season 7 is is good too yeah uh so that that is my take you know you can probably watch anything with like the fly title in it or any other character who (laughs) you're interested in seeing if their name appears in the title uh go ahead and uh watch that episode too i guess you know in in seasons three and four and 
5 and 6. But uh, other than that, you're pretty much good to skip them, to be completely honest. All so right, well, who's, who's starting us off tonight? I uh, believe maybe. it's me, if we're going with yeah. Invasion of the Krangazoids, right? Yep, that's it. You're up, Cody. Huh. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. Alrighty, so I, I wrote my own synopsis, and I gotta say, it feels like I transcribed a fever dream. Um, <laughs> so I don't Welcome know if that's, I did an excellent job, or if I did a terrible job, but here we go. There are times I read my list. back, I'm like, is this even coherent enough to be a summary? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I'm like, did I watch it? Did I watch it too much? Yeah, so, it's, it's a challenge. Good luck. Okay. <clears throat> Invasion of the Krangazoids, written by David Weiss. This episode came out roughly 30 years ago, December 11th, 1993. We open where the Turtles have just seen a movie, the 47 Loyal Ronin Go Hawaiian. Fittingly, they wore their super cool Hawaiian disguises to the movie. As they're leaving the theater, they discover fresh tank tracks on the street coming from the waterfront, and they deduce it's one of Shredder's amphibious modules. They call April to tip her off to the hot story, and they follow the tracks to Five Foot Heavy Industries, where Bebop and Rocksteady are hard at work stealing some kind of metal panels for Krang. The turtles battle Bebop and Rocksteady. They break through the wall into the next door bakery, and a food fight begins. Nobody has their food handler's permit. The turtles use the biggest icing bags ever made to stop Bebop and Rocksteady. Then, underwater in the Technodrome, Krang is ripping into Shredder as they needed those parts to build the new thermal generator that would have enough energy to run the Technodrome forever. Shredder is too busy with computer programming to care. He's programming a computer to come up with a plan to defeat the Turtles once and for all. Krang doesn't care about C++, so turns to a better idea. They need someone clever and sneaky and fiendishly brilliant. Someone like Krang. So Krang makes six clones of himself, each with a cool different colored bubble walker. They aren't perfect clones, as he says, they all have different personalities. As their master, Krang demands they do as he says. Since Krang is in control of their bubble walkers, they are quickly threatened into doing his bidding and stealing the items he needs. Meanwhile, Shredder, Shredder's computer work fails, and he happens to be watching April O'Neil on the news. He has a new idea. The Turtles discover the Krangazoids in one of Shredder's amphibious modules in the middle of a heist, and another battle erupts. Overcome by all six Krang and bubble walkers, the Turtles are forced to retreat with April in the news van. They regroup at Channel 6. Meanwhile, Bebop and Rocksteady arrive at the Channel 6 parking garage and begin messing with April's TV camera before they are caught by Vernon. They trick him into believing they are from the Department of Snacks investigating a junk food emergency, and he walks away. They rob a vending machine. The Turtles and April hatch a plan to sneak up on the Krangazoids. Meanwhile, the Krangazoids are discovering that they're growing hands. The turtles run into more Krangazoids, and as April is trying to get a shot with her camera, she discovers Shredder had Bebop and Rocksteady rig it with a teleportation device. As she's trying to use the camera, her and Leonardo are transported back to Shredder. The Krangazoids, back to their new hands, Krang's cloning process was flawed. The Krangazoids stage a mutiny as they are slowly transforming into big lizard-like monsters and decide to terraform the Earth into, into Dimension X. The turtles are confused why the Krangazoids are growing bodies, and Donatello informs them that Krang used to have a body and it was taken away from him when he was booted out of Dimension X. But the clones still have his DNA, so their growing bodies like lizards can regrow tails. The turtles get a call from Shredder, who say they have 30 minutes to get their friends before it's too late. 
Donnie detects intense heat from the sewers as the clones have built a thermal device. In the sewers, they find the Krangazoid clones have melted through the ground and are about to turn the city into a volcano. The best possible moment happens in the sewers as the turtles discover the fully transformed Krangazoids and Michelangelo utters the episode's title. Holy guacamole, it's the invasion of the Krangazoids. The turtles confront the Krangazoids, but they have to retreat as the molten lava seeps through the sewers. The turtles decide to rescue Leonardo and April. Mikey gives them the idea to use the Krang bubble walker guns for firepower. They free April and Leo, and the battle ensues with Shredder. Donatello allows Shredder to escape as he planted a teleporter receiver in Shredder's amphibious module. The turtles fight the Krangazoids in the lava-filled sewers. They stop the lava by pouring water on it and then teleport the Krangazoids to Shredder in the Technodrome. Krang then teleports all the clones to the dimensional limbo. The episode ends with the turtles contemplating the horrors of cloning. Nice. That felt that, forever. Yeah, no, I mean, it wasn't that long. I'm, mine this week is uh, not provided by Turtlepedia. I actually summarized my episode. I had more time again. Let's go. Uh, however, there are so few details that you can leave out of this story that it's still going to feel very, very long. So buckle up. Episode 26, Combat Land. This episode aired December 11th of 1993 and is written by David Wise. Our story begins with the turtles on the way back to their lair, with some new movies to watch, when they spot some nerds with a laser beam beaming the sewer wall for some reason. Sabotaging it, I guess. They beat them up and send them packing. They recount that this is the third time they've had to deal with sewer saboteurs this week. Meanwhile, Ace reporter April O'Neil is with Irma and Vernon reporting on a new amusement park called Combatland that will open tomorrow. The amusement park features robot knights, samurai, robocops with harmless weapons that you can test your metal against. The only thing the park needs to do before it can open is test its robots against extraordinary combatants, and it just so happens that April knows a few. So she calls the turtles, and they head over. Before entering, they are requested by the suspicious owner, Horatio Stressbar, and head engineer, Denton Milset, to not bring their weapons into the park as a safety precaution. The turtles oblige them, and then enter. Irma thinks something here stinks, and is determined to investigate. The turtles split up. Leo leaves to fight the samurai, Mikey leaves to fight the knights, and Raph and Don go and fight the future Robocop-esque robots from the future. The turtles are having a pretty easy time until they reach a more challenging boss opponent. Things really go awry for Mikey when the knight he is fighting cuts Mikey's fake sword with a real one, and then two more robots pop up and grab him and take him captive. Uh, some robots also just end up surprising Vernon and capturing him. Vernon is thrown in a closet while Mikey is scanned and duplicated as a new robot. Then, he tries to make an escape. Above ground, the other turtles have finished having a good time and meet up with April when Irma tries to warn them of the fishy stuff she's found. Suddenly, they are attacked by more robots. After defeating them, they see that a whole bunch more of the robots are headed to the city. And now Irma has also been taken. April takes Raph and Dawn after the robots in her van while Leo goes after Mikey. Leo fights his way through to Mikey, but it's not Mikey, it's the robot. The robot captures Leo, and they have duplicates made of Leo now as well. Then, he and Mikey are thrown in the closet with Vernon and Irma. Back at the city, 
Raph and Don learn that these robots are radio-controlled and time bombs. April goes to Channel 6 to investigate Stress Bar. The robots all climb in the sewer and April discovers that Stress Bar has been bidding to redo the sewers. However, the sewers are in perfect condition, so the city has never allowed him to do the work. They deduce that he must be trying to destroy the sewers all this time because he wants to make millions rebuilding them. Donatello goes to his lair and broadcasts a new signal to the robots that sends them back to Combat Land. They also return to Combat Land to help their brothers. But when they get there, they are face to face with the robot clones of their brothers. Luckily, Leo and Mikey have busted out and backed them up. They all get in the party wagon and boogie out of there before the robots blow up and before the robots blow up and end the evil scheme. Eventually, they get home and get to relax with their movies. The end. Old storytelling. Yeah, you All right. really had to explain a whole lot. Like, <laughs> yeah, really. You had to explain the concept of Combat Land. I couldn't just gloss over that. It was kind of a pain. Right. No anyway. one's seen Westworld. Um, yeah, that's what I thought immediately. I was like, Westworld. The oh, man, there goes one of my second time around points. We'll cut this. We'll cut this in post. <laughs> yeah. It's the royal we. Spencer, you'll cut this in post. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. All right. So I've got uh, the end of season seven, season 20. So I've got the end of season seven, season seven, episode 27, Shredder Triumphant. I also wrote my own uh, summary this week because on Turtlepedia, this episode is the stub. (laughs) It's not very fleshed out. Uh, so, original air date, December 18th, 1993, written by the late, great David Wise. So, Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady are robbing a museum on live TV, so the Turtles go and stop them, despite Splinter's warning that something bad might happen if they do. But all of that was a distraction. When they get back to the sewer layer, the Turtles learn that Krang and some foot soldiers have stolen a super power cell to power the Technodrome. Donatello's proximity alarm goes off, alerting him to the Technodrome coming out of the ocean and headed towards the city. The Turtles aren't scared, though. They're going to follow the old tried-and-true routine that they have. They'll infiltrate the the Technodrome, fight their way past the foot soldiers, find the power cell, and disconnect it. Now, Krang directs General Trag to open a portal with a battalion of rock soldiers to take over City Hall, which they do successfully. Meanwhile, the Turtles successfully infiltrate the Technodrome, Fight the way past the foot soldiers and find the power cell. But as they go to disconnect it, they're caught in some sort of metal bands and thrown into Dimension X by Shredder, Bebop, and Rocksteady. Looks like the bad guys have finally won. Now, Krang wants to seal some thrusters to give the Technodrome space flight capabilities and blast his way back into ruling Dimension X again. Shredder's planning to take over the city with the help of all the foot and rock soldiers. And Bebop and Rocksteady are planning to toss the news crew out of the top floor of Channel 6 and film it as revenge for all the negative press against them over the years. Splinter senses that the Turtles are in danger and goes out looking for them. Meanwhile, things are getting worse for the Turtles as they're picked up by a slave ship piloted by an alien named Weasel. Weasel drops off the Turtles at a slave camp where they're forced to mine Elanium, which is the ore that the Rock Soldiers eat. While there, they meet Weasel's little brother, Zwerk, who is also imprisoned, and they talk about trying to escape. Because of their talk of escape, the Slave Master orders them to be fed to the Charg. 
On Earth, Splinter shows up to the Channel 6 building just in time to rescue the news crew and interrogates the mutants into revealing Krang's location at the space installation. Irma even goes all Rambo on them, and they leave Vernon in charge of watching the tied-up Bebop and Rocksteady. In Dimension X, the Turtles are saved from the Charg by Weasel, who's come back to rescue his little brother. They decide to free all the slaves by infiltrating the master control for the robot patrols of the slave colony and, and shut them down. Their bravery inspires the other slaves, who help overthrow the slavers. Weasel even sacrifices his spaceship to blow up the control building, freeing all the slaves. Now, the turtles aren't able to find a dimensional portal, but they do find a dimensional radio, and they're able to call Shredder in the Technodrome to belittle him while the Technodrome is on its way to the space installation. Shredder's tricked into pulling them back to Earth for a four-on-one fight. Meanwhile, April and Shredder distract Krang at the space installation, while Irma shoots him in the back, disabling his robot body temporarily. And Bebop and Rocksteady are able to get Vernon out of the room and free themselves by telling him that when Shredder finds out what he's been doing, he'll cut off Vernon's arms. In the Technodrome, Shredder is holding his own against the four turtles. Donatello gets an idea when he sees Krang's holographic holographic projector, and he and Mike split off from the fight while Shredder, Leo, and Raph move to the streets to continue the battle. Krang's voice suddenly rings out, ordering all the rock soldiers back into the Technodrome. Donatello and Krang leave the Technodrome as the rock soldiers go in, and then it's revealed that Krang is actually Michelangelo, transformed to look like Krang using that holographic device from earlier. Donatello has also set a giant portal to open right in front of the Technodrome, pulling it into Dimension X. So Shredder and Krang are cut off from their war machine. Now Bebop and Rocksteady show up in a stolen truck, uh, guns ablazing, and they pick up Shredder and Krang and speed away. The day is technically saved since the Technodrome is stranded in Dimension X, though Shredder, Krang, Bebop, and Rocksteady are still out there. The end? Question mark? It's never really the end. And then the series was over. Right. The never-ending story. There's three more superfluous uh, seasons that have nothing to do with this, of course. (laughs) (laughs) The mascara seasons. Right. Well, now we can jump into the second time around. Hey, uh, nice junk. All right. Invasion of the Krangazoids. So I feel like the biggest note here is that we get to see what Krang's body looked like before his brain was removed and left to ask Shredder for a body. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty, like, when you really think about it, that's pretty, that's pretty horrific. Like, losing, just, if you're just, like, a floating head all of a sudden. Dang. Yeah, well, it also begs the question, like, when he was making a robot body, what he, why did he choose, like, a giant baby man in a big red diaper instead of, like, a robot lizard, you know? Yeah, he could have, like, he should have essentially made Godzilla. That'd be I, awesome. I mean, why, why did he choose, like, a ninja samurai man to try and get him to build him <laughs> a new body in the first place, you know? <laughs> That's very picking. When you're just, when you find yourself in a new dimension, just a floating brain, just whoever's around. Yeah. All I am is a brain with a giant technodrome. What, what could I do, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they do mention that, like, because I thought it was weird that, like, Krang's body hasn't also grown back. But they do kind of mention that, like, something with the cloning process might have set off these genes or something. So, yeah, I feel like it's relatively covered, you know. Or maybe as part of his punishment, they, like, really, like, locked it down. Uh, yeah, there you go. Or as yeah. part of, like, finishing the 
the cloning process kind of thing. You know, it's like, oh yeah, he cloned himself, but you know, it's it's still in the process of cloning and rebuilding the cells kind of thing, and it's got all of his DNA in there. I, I don't know, but and yeah. I feel like they had enough like fake science in there for it to to work, to be explained away. <laughs> yeah. Nothing beats the 90s in cloning. I mean, it worked for Spider-Man. It yeah, Spider-Man. It takes me back to like I feel like there was more than a few Disney Channel movies. So I guess that was like 2000s by then. Like 2001 or 2002, you had Attack of the Clones, you know. Mm-hmm. An entire movie about a clone army. Well, what was that sheep made that was a clone? Dolly. Dolly. That was in the 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe late 90s, early 2000s. I guess I am sitting in front of a computer. I can figure this out. You can you can clone your pets, by the way. Like, if you want to clone, like, your dog, you 100% can. Really? Mm, I think it costs, like, 10 grand or something. Like, it's very expensive, but you can. Like, um, there's companies that will do it for you. Hmm. Dolly was born in 96 and died in 2003. There you go. Isn't there, I mean, like, a question of ethics on the process of cloning, or is that kind of... For, for humans, yeah. For humans, for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think they essentially use... Um, you need, like, an embryo or whatever, and so you, like... You, like, take an embryo or an egg or something, and then just, like, swap it out. So, yeah, huh. they probably... And I also yeah. think, you know, even beyond, like, that part of it, you know what do you do when you've cloned someone? Like, even in this episode, um, I I laugh, but one of the Krangazoids, like, confronts Krang, like, why did you make me exist? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, how do you answer that question? <laughs> True, yeah. Slave labor. <laughs> yeah. Do you exist uh, to pass salt? What's that, Rick and Morty? Oh, the, makes a you robot. exist to pass the butter? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's it, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Krang sends them to that dimensional limbo, which is presumably the same place that Baxter is. And I don't think there's any payoff to that, but get out there and write that fan fiction, everyone. Baxter and the Krangazoids. Baxter and the Krangazoids, yeah. It's it's more of a rom-com than a, yeah. <laughs> than a revenge story. <laughs> uh, in this episode, April does say that Danger is her middle name. And then Michelangelo <laughs> says that I thought your middle name was Harriet, which... So that might be that might actually be her middle name, April Harriet O'Neill. I could see it. Yeah, it's an it's a it is appropriately like name of the time. Yeah, could work. Why are they called amphibious modules when they're almost always land vehicles? I guess because they're they're burrowing up from the ocean. I guess. Yeah, the Technodrome is underwater. And yeah, and like this season, they like sometimes they will go through the ocean. Uh, like, I think they did that in the Atlantis episode. Like, they just go through the water instead of underground to the Technodrome. But, yeah. It's a new detail for the toy to sell it on, you know? True. Which is weird, because I, I don't think they made, it like, a new toy from that. But Yeah, they're just going to keep 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 selling the, the original module, you know? All right. All right. Combat land. So, did this episode inspire Westworld? Well, no, because I I think Westworld oh. I think Westworld is actually a lot older than people think it is. Well, yeah, it's in. I looked it up actually. It's 1973. Oh, so it was originally a book, and I'm just super uneducated about. It. I think it was yeah, originally I think it, a, a movie yeah, too. 
Yeah, like it's like a Michael Crichton book and movie with with the great Yul Brenner. Huh. Um, well, maybe maybe they decided to make Combat Land as as a version of Westworld then, and I'm my joke isn't even funny anymore. I don't know <laughs> if if just pop culture never changes, or if it's that cyclical, or if TMNT was just 100 on the nose all the time to copy and make a whole lot of references to a lot of things. Uh, so it wouldn't each, surprise me. Each episode is basically some kind of like parody or a send off of all these popular properties. Yeah. Especially like David Wise had already been writing for cartoons. So I, I assume if we go back and watch like He Man or Silverhawks or some other show he's worked on, there's also Westworld episodes of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and in fact, so I, I've been looking up, uh, there is a sequel called Future World. And wasn't that one of the worlds that they go to in this show? Like, wasn't that one of the three sections was Future Land or something? Yeah. Yeah. There's like yeah. a Future Land area. It's yeah. just the future. <laughs> the future. There's also a reference to the movie uh, Revenge of the Nerds when Raphael says something about Revenge of the Nerds 9 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never saw Revenge of the Nerds. I just know it exists. Um, For everything I've I been told, it's first... like it hasn't aged well. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, if... yeah. I, I, the like one scene I have seen, it, it did not age well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I it was definitely a time that would yeah. be canceled immediately. Um, I think Brian, isn't Brian Tochi in it? The guy that's uh, the voice of Leo in the 90s movies? I feel like that's correct, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he's... <laughs> he has, like, a, you know, an appropriately Asian character headband, and... Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And that's, like, what, you know, part of why it hasn't uh, aged so well, right? And he's basically like, if you've played Punch Out, he's what Piston Honda. So it's just, it's all coming together, right? Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Toshihiro Takasa, Ta, Toshihiro Takashi is is his character. Yeah, I, I feel like I saw it like, you know, the the midday movie on TV or whatever over the weekend. Without remembering it super clearly, I w- I would recommend at least the first one, maybe. How many are there? There's more than oh. one. Oh yeah. Oh man. I, I guess I guess the Revenge of the Nerds Nine makes sense now. That whole joke does. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be the same if they said like Police Academy Nine. Like, there's all these movies have like just way too many sequels. Frankly, there's a <laughs> movie like there was, called Police Academy. There was four. There was four Revenge of the Nerds, and you haven't seen Police Academy. Oh, Police Academy is fantastic. No. Oh it, man. And there's yeah, there's like I mean, there's like nine. Police academies. The the guy who does the like the sound effects alone, right? Police academy is legit great, huh? Dang, I that's now the... that's how you feel old when um, there's like a staple of like your childhood or teen years, and then you meet people who don't know it exists. That's then you're yeah. like, it's over. Put me in the ground. <laughs> Sorry, there that's are, my job. There are the seven. There's seven police academy movies. Um, police academy movies. Each one better than the next. Right. Each one more straight to VHS than the last. <laughs> <laughs> that means it's better, right? It's so good they have to get it out on VHS. Until it's finally so they, just, they sent you a kit to film your own version on your own camera and just <laughs> yeah. It was so good that you had to pay for it to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, is that it for combat land? Uh, <laughs> no shredder, no krang is the only other note that I have there. So oh, I, I feel didn't like that, even, that I didn't even notice that. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's gonna not be as important as we go into the Red Sky series, but like anytime they're not there, it just changes the whole dynamic of the show. True. All right. One thing they've done with this season as it's progressed, like Shredder and Krang are kind of more more of a threat. Oh yeah, they're yeah. super competent. Oh, in this season, season they're a lot more competent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Are you ready for Twitter Triumphant? Yeah. All right, I have a note to myself here that says, check the Turtlepedia, bro. Because I, I know there's like a lot of... <laughs> there's like a lot of lasts here. So this is the last usual episode before Red Sky. We we know that. Which means this is also... We're going to get a new theme song next season. So this is the last episode with the original theme song. I'm so excited. Yeah, that that's a, that's a banger. Uh, this is the last <laughs> episode where Townsend Coleman voices Shredder. He's going to be replaced with Bill Martin for the next couple of seasons. Uh, this is the last episode where Krang uses his humanoid body. Uh, for the remainder of the show's run, he uses the bubble walker. Uh, this is the final appearance of those amphibious modules you were talking about there, Cody. They got to work them in. They got to get their money's worth. Right. Uh, the foot soldiers apparently only have a quick cameo in the last three seasons. Otherwise, this is their last appearance. And this is the last appearance of April's yellow jumpsuit. Yeah, yeah. She switches. Yeah, she's like a jacket or something. I forget. Got to update the wardrobe. Man, I should have realized, paid more attention. Realized what I was sending off, you know? Right. It's like, it's with how they say, like, you don't realize it, but you just did this for the last time. You know, you just saw April for the last time in her jumpsuit. Yeah, man. Cause I'm probably never going to watch this series again, but <laughs> too much, <laughs> too long. Uh, at one point in this episode, a guy says that the ninjas were dressed in blue. Am I colorblind or the foot clan dressed in purple? I'm pretty I would sure they say were purple. Purple. I think I would have noted if they were blue. Okay. So and then maybe he, video game guy and so oh yeah some of the variants right uh let's see blue was well i guess it depended on the game i think blue was sword guy and hyperstone heist yeah usually it was yeah and then uh last one i have is the the charg the monster they're fed to is is clearly the rancor from return of the jedi yeah for sure this yeah. was very like star warsy yeah it's just missing like job of the hut even like the slaver, I guess, was kind That's of like true. Jabba That's true. He was very, yeah, now that you he say was, that. He was very, very wormy. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't put that together until now. That that makes total sense. Very good point. I don't really have anything to add to any of that. I do oh, like how Shredder he, he says he wants payback if it's the last thing he ever does. But it's like, what else does Shredder do other than that? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time he like took over that radio station. He seemed to be like way too into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, Shredder, um, like in in like the Krangazoids, when Krang's always just ripping him, I feel like Shredder. It's just he's in a toxic relationship with Krang, and if he was separated from that, who knows what kind of man he could have been? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He also had his mom that kind of seems like it wasn't you know that great of an influence on his life. I don't think I don't think he would have been much better. <laughs> That's right. He, I don't think he, that man has a healthy relationship in his life. He can and really Krang use one. Is just like his new mom. Yeah. 
I, so I read something crazy the, the other day. You remember that that mobile game, uh, Mutant Mutant Madness? Yeah, uh, there was there was like sorry, or was is that the one where you had like um you could get like mold, like a huge roster of characters? Yeah, yeah, RPG. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a super shredder in that, but he's like he's not the one from the uh the movie or anything, right? But uh there's not like an ending to the game, I guess, but the developers were considering having that shredder be Shredder's mom. <laughs> which is kind of crazy. <laughs> That's that so would... gloriously unhinged. They should have they should have gone for it. <laughs> for real. They really should have done it. Yeah, I enjoyed that game. It was like kind of like a gotcha game, but it wasn't too like tedious. Yeah, like in your face about it. It's almost, I mean, it's so close to being, you know, X-Men Legends or Marvel Ultimate Alliance for Turtles. That's there, all I've ever wanted some, in my life. But There must be some rule in the company that they just, they can get, they can toe the line to true greatness and then they just have to like step it back. Like right. They can't. Let's not get I will crazy. say, this Apple Arcade game that they came out with wasn't too bad. It isn't too bad. Uh, I, I still play it a little bit here and there. I uh, haven't been able to try it out. I have gotten all the way to the end of one cycle of like beating it, but you haven't actually beat it because now it's like, I don't know. Uh, you'd have to play it, but I don't want to spoil like the double, game. Double back. Is the story pretty heavy in that? Because I did, I did download like the, I don't know, like the half comic they did about it. And it was kind of intriguing. Oh, I still need to do that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, the, it, it's there, but it's not like, I don't know, it's not super, super heavy, but but there's enough of it there that it is interesting and you kind of want to know what's going on. But then you can kind of figure it out after you beat it the first time if you're familiar with Turtles. Mm, uh, anyway, yeah. after, after you've, I guess, complete the cycle once, I don't know what to call it other than that. So the final boss for your run through. Like yeah, for it's like kind of like the roguelike like where you're, you're expected to kind of like die and do it all over again multiple yeah. times. Yeah. And so, of course, the final person in in the thing is Shredder, but then there's more to it besides that. That's something else that's going on in the background. And so you have mm-hmm. to beat it again to figure out what that is, mm-hmm. uh, which I'll probably never get enough time to do. But it's Man, I want to play that game so bad, but Apple Arcade is such a barrier to me. Yeah, no. They, Do you I have an iPhone at all, or you're uh, Android master? I'm an Android guy. Uh, my wife has an iPhone, but like you know, I can't be like, hey, just give me your phone for like the next seventy two hours, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm after here in like just a few days. I actually probably just need to cancel my Apple Arcade subscription because I just use the free month trial. I'm not going to pay like five bucks a month to have access to a bunch of games I'm never going to play. Uh, yeah. And I'm not going you know, it's definitely not just for one game. So, yeah. isn't it so interesting it, how expensive like a service like that can feel? Like when you break it down, it's five dollars, which isn't a lot. But then when you look at it the other way, you're like, I'm not, that's wait, I'm not paying for that. Yeah. That's how much I would pay to buy this game, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would, I would spend up to like fifteen dollars on it, from what I've seen. If it was on, yeah. you know, Switch or something where I can actually get to it, but I mean, everything's on a subscription model will. now. So it is hard to believe it's going to be locked to Apple Arcade forever. It seems like. Yeah. Seems I, like I hope waste, it leaves but... it. It does seem like a waste. Also, like, just the control scheme doesn't feel like it's suited to like. A, 
a touch screen. Like from what just the little bit I've seen, it's like I I feel like you would need to almost have to have a controller to play that. But. Yeah, and you can hook up one with Bluetooth to your to your phone and play it that way. Man, I I don't even have an iPhone. That's a, that's another that's device I gotta buy. Yeah, you hook it up to your wife's phone, and then she's not paying attention. You're like across the room, and you're just. You know, hacking into her phone, yeah. essentially. <laughs> like, what is this TikTok I'm looking at? Like, oh, nothing, honey. Just keep watching it. <laughs> There's some really great tips. Right. Speaking of other things we don't really like all that much, though, that are kind of bummers, let's move on to anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. That was a fantastic segue. <laughs> oh, thank you. I felt like I felt like I kind of forced it a little bit at the end there, but it, it, it's it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so, invasion of the Krangazoids. Um, I was a little confused about why the Krangazoids were terraforming Earth. It's like they seem to be doing just fine, breathing breathing our atmosphere, right? Yeah, that's true. Because in other iterations, Krang is definitely like you know he can't exist mm-hmm. normally, but in this one, they they seem totally fine, and even like. They're having fun lizards. Maybe they like the heat as they have their cold-blooded lizard bodies. Oh, maybe. Hmm. It definitely did seem like that. Like they were kind of going for the uh, heating things up, making it more of a a desert kind of area. But it also, it just seems awful just living in lava all the time. I mean, when you want to make the ground lava, where do you go? Like, I mean, they can't walk into lava, I don't think. Actually, I think lava is more dense than it's usually portrayed as because it's like it's That's rock, true. right? Like, yeah, if so you, you could walk, you would light on fire, but you could potentially walk on lava. Have like you, you heard that? Like, you know it. how, like, when um, like volcanoes are erupting, like if if the lava splash hits you, it's like it's like you know, like a fridge hitting you, just because it's it is so dense. Like, if just like a bit of it hits you, it's like gonna like knock you back. Oh man, I didn't even thought of that. I have, I have heard that. Yeah. I would like it to knock me out. And also, for a second, I thought you were going to be saying, I have. I have thought about it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I stay up at night thinking about, is is what's going to, you know, what it would be like to have some molten slag from a volcano <laughs> colliding into me. <laughs> what yeah. would I do in the case of a volcanic eruption? I watched a lot of those movies in the early 2000s and late 90s about volcanic eruptions, and now I got to know how I would react. I was going to say, isn't this episode basically like, it's it's the movie Volcano, right? I mean, they try to set it up. It doesn't quite get far enough. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were going for. You know, triggering Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They could have done it. I do kind of like, or it's kind of funny how Donnie is both like super serious about it. And then instantly he gives up like, ah, let's, let's go after Shredder and we'll deal with this. Where before he was saying like, no, this is the most serious thing ever, guys. Like we have to prioritize this. Right. And they're like, nah, you know, <laughs> let's double back. <laughs> regroup. For me, my only thing is the convoluted plan of teleporting the turtles to Dimension X when he literally could have just destroyed them. This will always be like a weird thing for me. My inner like child from when I was watching these shows that saw that the bad guy could easily have destroyed them just as he wishes, but he's now going to do like some convoluted plan or something where he doesn't destroy them, like sending them to Mention X for them to be able to return. Uh, you know, because he, he straight up like had them like in shackles, like clasped. Like he could have, he could have just ended it. 
but he doesn't. And of course he can't because it's a kid that... show, but nonetheless. <laughs> was that Kringazoids? Or was that Shredder? Yeah, because when he sends them off to Dimension X, he shackles them in that one too, I think. Oh. Or n- maybe not. Never mind. Sorry, I'm getting my... I must have wrote my <laughs> note under the wrong column. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, I couldn't remember... If, they've been thrown into Dimension X so many times at this point, I can't hardly remember which episode's which. <laughs> yeah, so so for the listener, I don't want to confuse you so you know too much by breaking the format, but that was intended for Shredder Triumphant. We'll come back to it. <laughs> Uh, Invasion of the Kringazoids, I didn't like that they were like, guys, we need some extra firepower. And like, usually when they do that, it's some cool new vehicle or like they go and grab Casey Jones or something. But in this, they just like, they have laser blasters and they just like shoot up all the foot soldiers. Like like this whole show has been like every episode spoilers, like you need to work on your ninja training. And Leo's like, guys, quit being so lazy. Our ninja training in this episode, they're just like, bah, lasers. Like, but. Why wasn't this the thing the whole time then? If this was a thing, well, it's and Mikey just wants hardened. to be able to use a real weapon for once. Yeah, yeah. the grappling hook. <laughs> uh, which I still don't understand why. Of all the things, like you have swords which can cut people, you have a giant stick which kids could very easily copy. Mm-hmm. But they were like the nunchucks. These, that's beyond the pale. Like I'm, right. I'm endlessly fascinated why like nunchucks are the most horrific weapon. In comparison to all of them, I understand they're they're dangerous on their own, but if you're like, we don't want kids learning how to use a stick. Yeah, and I think we've yeah. we've had theories that like wasn't there like gang violence in Britain that they were using nunchucks or something? Yeah, that like people would use them like choke people out and stuff like that. Apparently, like I remember <laughs> hearing that there was like actual gangs using them. Apparently, so it became. But, I mean, people, yeah, a sword is just a big knife, and like every kid with a with a. <laughs> tube of wrapping paper has imitated a bow staff so or just a stick you know you get a thick enough stick and you can yeah some, you know yeah smack so, your brothers with that you know yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's an odd thing to to edit yeah but at the same time like i don't i remember when i was really little it was like the 2000s it kind of phased out as i got older but, like, there were a lot of things that were considered, like, gang paraphernalia and, like, gang adjacent. And so they just, like, <laughs> were against school dress code. Like, legit, when I, like, in the 2000s, you couldn't wear camouflage pants to school. Like, camouflage, like, cargo pants. Uh, that was that makes sense like, because cause Rocksteady wears uh, camo pants. And yeah. You know, he's been in the gang, so. Well, also, yeah. they have to be able to see where you are at school. You know, you can't <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't let, let them think that your legs are invisible. All right. Uh, you know, what are all these floating like... torsos doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was just like weird, weird stuff like that here in Utah. Anyway, I don't know if it was across the United States, but really weird. Like, oh yeah, that's gang related in some way, and so you can't do it. It did. It made zero sense. Uh, I do remember not. Like, I did wear cargo shorts to, or I'm not camouflage pants to school, so I don't think that was it. But, uh, um. I remember like not being able to have like a, a a scarf or like a hanky in your back pocket was one. Who huh. had scarves? What kind of you were going to the fancy know, schools? <laughs> yeah, well, it, with fancy gangs apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I, I picture like I picture like Fred from Scooby Doo with his like cravat. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Exa- yeah, yeah. We weren't allowed ascots. For fear of gang violence. <laughs> Very classy gang. <laughs> right, yeah. 
They've all got uh, like, you know, polo shirts on, like plaid shorts. Yeah. <laughs> it's the polos, guys. Run. Yeah. The po- yeah. The, start. start yeah, the boss has you. like, instead of just one pop color, he's got like three pop colors, you know? Yeah. <laughs> when you're a NASCOT, you did stamper coming in. I thought we're just going to beat up those lousy sharks. Uh, speaking of pe- beating up people, are we ready for Combat Land? Yeah. Uh, so I guess I was hoping for something like a little bit more glittorial with this. You know, I-, I love the classic gladiators fighting in a ring trope. You know, one of those weird childhood obsessions of mine was the Roman Colosseum and glittorial combat. Probably because the movie Gladiator was team creating. Team. Yeah. And, you know, Gladiator is probably permeating in the zeitgeist i never saw it of course because i was too young but but nonetheless that was like a big deal when i was a kid for some reason and i thought that that stuff was neat and it still holds on to me today so i was hoping for something a little bit more like that and it didn't quite make it yeah they really they went much more like the west world route yeah mm-hmm. which it, it is kind of odd because they did they did pitch it as like combat land come you know, test your metal or whatever, mm-hmm. which which I guess it was. Um, but yeah, then it's like very, very much Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is that I have a problem with this episode is once again, like this is a convoluted plan. Like they could have just made a whole lot of money with their incredibly advanced theme park for combat. <laughs> Yeah, I, I thought that too. <laughs> Instead of making this park that probably cost like trillions of dollars just to capture the turtles, just so they could finally get to destroy the sewers, so that yeah. they could bid on fixing the sewers. Yeah. Like... Or they could have just blown up the sewers. Like I don't know why, because they had yeah. the ro- they had the bomb robots ready to go. Just. Build a bunch of them and just have them blowing why up. Even have, why even have it be the robots? You could have just had the nerds <laughs> plant bombs instead of just like getting like a laser and apparently just shooting it at the wall and then the turtles will just beat them up without question. Uh, How about the nerds' willingness to just go in a sewer? In this series, people, they'll just go in sewers, which I don't know if any of y'all have been in a sewer. Um, yes. It's dangerous. You shouldn't. Yeah. But it's also like they're not pleasant. <laughs> I've been in like a, a a large storm drain, maybe yeah. not like sewer proper, but yeah, it was creepy as hell. Yeah, I was I was I was tempted often to uh, visit the cul-de-sacs storm drain or, or sewer thing, but I never I never did. I never oh, did. We, did, venture it. In we did it all the time as kids. It's I mean it's less exciting than you think because it just it basically just goes down and then it's like at the bottom, it's just like a small little tunnel for the water. So you can't, you can't, it's not a Ninja Turtles sewer, sadly. I can there's no, there's no televisions propped up by books in the corner or anything. <laughs> there's no cool couches to sit on. Yeah. It's just crazy that Donatello has built like an interdimensional portal, but you can't like whittle down a leg for the TV. <laughs> or just steal a new TV stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this was one of the more elaborate and confusing plots that a character has come up with. Like, why not just like, yeah, just drop the bombs in the in the sewer and call it good, right? Or make millions with your theme park with incredibly advanced robots, right? <laughs> like, 
Yeah, you, you know? could have a whole HBO series based off of your works. You could have a whole HBO series based off of your theme park. Yeah. You know, it's it's pretty incredible the the lengths they go through to uh to trap the turtles in this story when they they straight up like opened a legitimate business that could have just been a legitimate business without right. <laughs> without any of the blowing up the sewers and you know criminal activity. Also, like you really think that they wouldn't I don't know that they would let you rebuild the sewers after you blew them up. Like they wouldn't figure that out anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean it does seem like we're derailing no. we're dealing with very corrupt government in the Turtles universe though. Yeah. No no one noticed the uh, robot <laughs> the robot warriors climbing into the sewers and blowing up and could report that the only theme park in the you know in that area with robot soldiers is is there. And uh, so they probably blew it up and anyway all bets are off. The turtles, they can walk around with no costume anymore. Just go right to the theme park. Yeah, it's, it's true, yeah. Huh. yeah it, it's a plan that the, the more you talk about it, the more you realize how ridiculous this thing is. Anyway, Rich that's people. my anchovy. <laughs> this episode did make me realize I do truly hate Vernon. I know you're supposed to hate him, but I think they did too good of a job making me hate him. Anything like, in particular, or? I don't he's just he's just the worst and so I was hoping I was hoping he would get murked you know like yeah this episode this is going to be the one oh darn it <laughs> the they death didn't of kill him it seems Wait. like he like we haven't said this is uh Vernon's last episode yet so he must still be in the series after the red sky episodes which is just crazy to me but somehow but yeah, surprisingly, well, I don't have a lot to hate in these episodes. I'm kind of, yeah. it's almost, I almost hate that I don't have more to hate. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for Shredder Triumphant then? Yeah. So, so, so already, you had anchovy. Yeah, yeah. I already mentioned just, just in general, like the convoluted plans where you have, you have the hero captured. And, you know, they talk this whole time about destroying them or demutating them or doing all these different things that they could do that would permanently solve their problem, but then instead they decide to throw them into a different dimension. Like, this is the bad guy we're talking about. Like, he, he has no qualms with killing people, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and then they could also just, like, leave him there. Like, blow up the portal. Yeah, leave, yeah, him in, this, leave him in yeah. shimmery green Dimension X, which I don't... I feel like it, Dimension X is, like, red and purple, right? Like, where's the... Usually, yeah. I think like, that was weird, too. It, it was hard on the eyes, too. Yeah, this, you know, seizures. They were just pro seizure back then. Yeah. Either way, at the end of the day, I know this is a kids' show. They can't kill the turtles. But if you're <laughs> going to put them in that situation, if you're going to put them in that situation, if you're going to raise the stakes like that, you got to deliver. Okay, at That's least lose a limb. Yeah, at least break a limb, break break a finger. <laughs> you know. I don't right. know. <laughs> That's it, though. That's all I had. I don't, yeah, I don't really have any anchovies. I, I guess my one is like, it, it really feels like at any point during the last seven seasons, Shredder and Crane could have done this. Oh, yeah, because like, in this one, like, the the Technodrome, it's suddenly freed. They've done it. They have all the stuff. Yeah. Like, they're just casually marching it out of the water. It seemed like it was easy. Yeah. I, they distract the turtles so they can steal the power cell and then kidnap them. Like, it, it works perfectly. It's a perfect plan. Yeah. No, it definitely does seem like it was too easy. That that is one thing. Yeah. I, I 
I do kind of like Irma as Rambo, but it was kind of out of left field. Oh yeah, she went. She was going. She was way too excited to have that gun. I know. She was as soon as she had it, she like flipped into like a total maniac. <laughs> I would have liked it if it was like if they like really just turned into the into the drift, right? Like like she's just broken. She's like, I've had it. I've been mutated into a giant moth. I've been mutated into a werewolf rat. I had to drink ice cream out of a out of a giant cement mixer because I was five story tall. I've had it. I'm gonna kill all of you. She <laughs> had superpowers and they still gaslit her into like That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super Irma. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I was fifty yeah. feet or or two hundred, maybe. I don't know. The jury's still out on how tall I actually was in that episode. Yeah, I remember we did the <laughs> math one time and it absolutely did not make sense. <laughs> We did the math. If you ever, you know, go back and, and listen to our episode covering the fifty attack of the fifty foot Irma. If you want to listen to us, mostly Keith. By by us, I you know, I mean Keith doing the math to uh, figure out how tall Irma really is in that yeah. episode. Yeah, I think I remember it was supposed isn't really that was, much. Well, but it was supposed to make you like six times as. <laughs> I don't know why I, I can't remember my social security card number. You're just you're Keith into Irma lore. I know, because I think whatever she was hit with was supposed to make her like six times as big. But if she was 50 feet tall, that would have meant that she was already like 12 foot tall or something, like something crazy like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, are we going to talk about uh, things that we love then? Oh, I love being a turtle. So, Invasion of the Krangazoids. This, this felt like a different plot than normal from the Shredder and Krang side. You know, so like usually to get a different plot, you have to kind of keep Shredder and Krang out of the story. But this time they were in there and it, it feels a little different, you know, with the Krangazoids being in there. And granted, it's probably because they kind of became the main villains of the story and less so Krang. <laughs> but still, it did it. I do. I love the Bubble Walkers. Even They're though... Fake. It makes me now I want to buy the best action cranks, which is a terrible, terrible influence. When I was a kid, I always called them chicken walkers. I don't know where I got that from. But... Yeah, I never had crank as a kid. It was always, it was one of the ones I, mm. I was robbed of. I only had the, the, I didn't have the full android body. I just had the, the bubble walker one. Um, yeah, so, so I, I love yeah. that naked little crank. Like as he's getting arms and legs. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like... <laughs> but it's just like the brain with the arms and legs on it. Like he just like stands up and walks out and starts like running out of his thing. Yeah, it looks like a little naked boy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, such a weird show. Yeah, <laughs> a little crank butt running away. What a weird show that we watch. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Keith, you said you didn't like it, but I actually liked the turtle showing up with laser guns just because it was so out of left field that it, like, pulled me back into the episode where, like, they just come jumping out of the van and instead of ninja action, it's just laser guns just blasting, you know. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, it's literally, like, the foot soldiers, like, jump at them and they, like, shoot them through the abdomen. I'm like, oh my god! They're just they're just blasting just laser guns just everywhere. Come out guns ablaze and forget the turtle weapons. You know, forget the ninja weapons. It's it's laser gun time. Yeah, oh, I, I guess I missed that they were supposed to be from the Bubble Walkers. I thought they just showed up with random lasers. I was like, has Donatello just had those this just entire time? The whole time. Yeah, because yeah, apparently, yeah, Krang uh, kitted out those Bubble Walkers. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, this isn't this isn't volume four, Donatello, who has his secret stash of things, including, you know, uh, people. Yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, no laser guns. I do love computer programmer Shredder. Like, um, it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> well, because like he's programming the computer to like write a program to defeat the turtles, but couldn't yeah. he at that point just know the program himself? Like, if he's the you know if he's the one who makes the program, he should already have it down. Yeah, and why does he need a computer to do it? It was ridiculous. It was like just. Just apply the most minor amount of brain power. And in fact, in two episodes, we're going to see him apply the most minor amount of brain power and almost defeat the turtles. I love how ridiculous the show is. Yeah. I did love um, Bebop and Rocksteady deciding to just rob a vending machine just because they can. Yeah. Very relatable. That's everyone's dream come true. I love the little the little like maintenance worker outfits they have too. They're so they really cute. they're very good with their outfits. They never skimp on their disguises. Bebop and Rocksteady, they commit to the bit like more than anyone <laughs> else on this show, I swear. They're always just full in on it. <laughs> yeah, the department they have a good story with Department of Snacks. They mm-hmm. easily dupe Vernon. Who I feel like Vernon was it just me or I feel like he was he almost thought of sabotaging the the van himself. Like he tells them not to like take anything, but I swear there's a moment where it's like it looks like he's eyeing something in the van, like he's gonna take it. <laughs> I think that's it why he was he was there to sabotage it, but they sabotaged it first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we good to move on to combat land. I am. Yes. So I, I like their the opportunity they really took here to just go full turtle action because these robots they're fighting are robots and so they're able to just yeah, swing swords and slice and dice. Yeah. And and it works for the story. It's a lot of fun to watch. And the and the old, story uh, does feel unique. It's the old clang. Did you say clang? And they just go all out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so they're able to do that once again with this because they're robots and so you know, it's great to actually see ninja action, you know. Yeah. Chopping my, swords, people using weapons. My favorite part is, I think it's Donnie. He tries slapping a robot, and he immediately hurts himself because it's metal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like when one of the robots says, it must be to Raphael. He goes, have at you. And Raphael goes, gesundheit. Yeah. Fantastic. I also really like this little bit they do where they, like, explain the steam system in the city. And they're like, wow, this oh, yeah. show's really educational. And it's like, it's funny, but also if you've paid attention, they've really done that sort of thing throughout the whole series. Well, they'll just like drop a little nugget of wisdom. That way they can call it an ed- educational program. They'll, they'll drop a nugget of wisdom, but they'll wrap it in like the biggest loads of bull crap ever. So you can't really <laughs> sort it out what's true and what's yeah. not. Oh you're no, it's a, cho- not... it's a chocolate covered raisin. A thousand percent. You tell me there's not New York steam deliveries. <laughs> I also do I I appreciate in every episode almost without fail the the group bands together to gaslight someone 
like they always single someone out who has like the right idea and i think it's in this case irma is like oh this this whole place is sketchy guys and basically without fail everyone's like nah this person's an idiot <laughs> yeah so so was that just like a thing in the early 90s did everyone just gaslight each other all the time or or is this unique to the cartoon I mean, it was it was kind of a staple of TV at that time. Okay. I remember a lot of like Saved by the Bell episodes where it's you know there's that one person who's doing the right thing, and you just you get together as a group, you bully them, torment them until their spirit is broken, and it's only at the end you grudgingly admit that they were right. Right. That's how the, you the treat place people. was haunted the entire time. They were <laughs> seeing ghosts. Yeah, it's it's exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that that I liked is a. Uh, um speaking of kind of like i guess almost like a gaslighting thing is the whole trope of like the good guys not quite realizing that something's up for a little too long like at, at one point the black knight tries to attack Raphael, and he kind of just ends up like ducking and missing him and just continuing on and they just don't notice yeah <laughs> kind of reminds me of like Shaun of the dead how they spend like the first majority of the movie just not even realizing that there's a zombie apocalypse going on for <laughs> so long a period of time uh it's just funny just all your dead-eyed neighbors just a regular yeah. tuesday <laughs> all right we're ready for the season finale shredder triumphant yes shredder triumphant with Guys. psychic splinter i gotta say man i love this episode yeah how about you I, I like everyone just seemed like super confident and like really going at it like I mean, Shredder is basically victorious. Krang uh, attacks Splinter, says he's going to butcher him. Splinter, <laughs> Splinter doesn't take shit in this episode either. He like he walks into Channel Six. He's like, "You savages!" And just like one punches Bebop and Rocksteady. Yeah, he like he like I feel like he like picks up Bebop or Rocksteady and just like tosses them. Yeah, like you go, you go, old man. Just and he's like, "Tell me where my sons are at." Like he he isn't he's done he's done with it you know because <laughs> well, he's basically seeing the whole thing as like the apocalypse so. yeah and we get like four-on-one fight with shredder like real ninja action oh it's amazing um and even like bebop and rocksteady have a good bit where they like they're talking to vernon he's holding them hostage and, and they're like you're probably not going to work in broadcast journalism anymore because you won't be able to lift the camera because you won't have any arms and it's like holy crap this was a show that like Earlier in this series, like the turtles tripped over parking change, and now we have this. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it was a really good end for a season. You know, yeah, like in and... the side characters actually doing something. You know, and instead of just kind of being these passive characters that just exist. You know, people besides the turtles doing things is is great. I I always talk about how like this cast of side characters is just like the weirdest cast of side characters because. Most of them aren't even actually the turtles' friends. They're just adjacent to the turtles because they work with April, right? Yeah. And so they're just kind of there. Uh, but in this, they actually do stuff, and in there, they actually have a purpose. And I like it when they actually do that instead of kind of feeling like a tumor on the side of the turtle story. Right. Um, and so I also really liked Rambo Irma. I know I know it didn't quite work for you, Keith, but it worked for me. It was a great bit. It was funny. Reminds me kind of of. Uh, Rambo Casey in volume two of the comics. Yeah. Uh, I did like that. She like, like she shoots Krang in the back 
first off. But then, like, when when Bebop and Rock City just show up, like, guns blazing in a stolen truck, she's, like, shooting at them as they, they're running yeah. off. It's like, yeah, oh, my gosh. She's no proactive. Fear. Yeah. Irma's a badass. Yeah. Good episode, man. My favorite part was Weasel's little brother when they're they're talking to him. You know, they've just been sold into slavery. And his brother's like, oh, he's not such a bad guy. He's just... He's just getting by, you know. <laughs> He's just capturing people and selling them right. into lives of slavery. Told me what into you, slavery. What do you yeah. do? I'm just I, yeah. He he was trying to do the best for us. <laughs> it's gonna be okay. And that that little kid was voiced by uh, Susan Blue, who was actually the voice director for this show. How fun! I think yeah. it's always fun when they get to they get to take a stab at it. Yeah. Mono a turtle. That was a good line. By Mikey when they're gonna fight it out. Man, this this was such it was a, a good, good episode. One. It yeah. was a good and, one. And it ended like I mean most seasons have ended with a technodrome like somewhere else stranded, but this this time like the bad guys are separated from it. So like we finally have a new status quo. You know? Yeah. It's definitely like a turtle strike back kind of vibe. I see what, what? you did there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a thing where this could have been the end of the series. Like they went all out like this is this could have been the end, but you know, we will get the next 3 seasons that come next. Yeah, I'd love to know some behind the scenes stuff, like how far in advance did they know that this redesign was coming and what, Yeah, cuz uh, I know it was kind of at this point they were finding it like harder and harder for the cuz at this point like um Turtle Mania was kind of dying down or was well in the process of dying down. Mm-hmm. And so they were having Just... trouble um, like shopping it around because the network was basically done with them. Yeah. I mean, we're at the end of 93. You know, 93 is when the third Ninja Turtles movie would have bombed uh, and kind of taken the brand down. Which is weird then that we still got three more seasons after that. Like it's it's producing new episodes for three more years after yeah, like the height of Turtle. I mean, by this time, what? Because Power Rangers was ninety three, ninety four, right? And that really kind of derailed Turtles. So yeah, though I think it also would have just kind of naturally petered out because um, mm-hmm. there's only like so many toys you know parents can buy their kids at the end of the day. Though it's yeah, other... it is, it's impressive how long Turtle Mania did actually last. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing that would be coming out at this time is is Tournament Fighters, which was also kind of the end of of that era of Ninja Turtles video games. That that game is way harder than it ever needed to be. Yeah, the, yeah. the computers are not easy to fight. <laughs> I've tried to I I've tried to casually play that on a Cowabunga Collection, and every time I'm like, oh yeah, now I remember why I don't play this game because i'm playing like in any other fighting game there's at least like the first couple of fights are kind of easy and right off the bat i'm like getting demolished yeah i mean it's because the 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 ai is kind of the same throughout the whole game uh but the bosses are extra challenging you can get the rat king stuck in a loop when you fight him uh usually kind of fairly easily you just have to keep your distance from him and then karai though is like impossible I'm also just amazed, like, how hard all three of them are. Like, none of them are easy. Yeah, I, I guess I'm specifically talking about the Super Nintendo one. I've tried yeah. playing the other ones, and 
The other ones are also very hard, but some of it, I don't know. I don't like the way they control. I personally think it's it's not done as well. It's not as smooth as uh, Super the Super Nintendo version. That's just me, though. But yeah, it, I know. I agree. I think the Super versions were generally those were the big ones. Yeah. But anyway, my my point is, those Turtle Mania was was definitely dying down at this time. Lots of people haven't played Tournament Fighters. They'd kind of already ducked out from Ninja Turtles three. Uh, definitely during this season, it was coming to an end. So they were probably trying to do the soft reboot with the Red Sky season to see if they could keep interest and. Which is kind of ironic, and it kind of makes sense. Like, you'll see how they do, like, the intro, and they, they try to bank off, like, the popular movies much more. Mm-hmm. Just crazy that even back in 94, they were already, like, trying to get nostalgia for the 90s movie. Yeah, like, they were already <laughs> kind of trying to use the... Yeah. Like, launch it off of that, yeah. yeah. I can. It worked on me. I remember as a kid, I was like, this slaps, I love this. See, I... I must have stopped watching around this time because like, I don't remember red sky whatsoever, except for like, I caught one episode almost on accident one time where like they kept mutating. And like, I remember they're carrying something and they, they mutate in the middle of it. They mutate in the middle of carrying something. I'm like, ah, our hands are too clumsy to carry it. So I'm looking (laughs) forward to find out what episode that is. But I I was totally out of Ninja Turtles by this time. I think this is when I had started like recording it on VHS. Oh wow! Because there was, I had reached the age where I was through living under the tyranny of it airs on Saturday morning, and if you miss it, that's it. So I started mm. recording them. I took it into my own hands. So it's like no, like, and that was back in the day where like you had to um, like program the VCR to like the specific time. You got yeah. your tape ready. Man, yeah, yeah. Do you still have those tapes? I wish I don't. I have I have a few tapes of. Do you remember the? It was like a claymation show, the projects. Yes. <laughs> I taped that. I do. <laughs> was it the PJs? The PJs, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have like that. I used to. I I started taping stuff. I taped a bunch of Next Mutation too. Really. Yeah. I'm always curious, like, because I I had a couple tapes of like. I don't know how how the Grinch stole Christmas and stuff. And like, I do miss like seeing the commercials from those eras, you know? Yeah, I think it's a an excellent time capsule. Yeah, like I just yeah, there's something there's something special. That's why um like the original movies I love that on the VHS like it plays like the trailers, and so you'd watch those trailers over and over. And to me, they like became like a part of the movie. Yeah. The the I played baseball. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And I think, and two, it's like a family. They're like going on vacation to like a ski resort or something. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I didn't have the third one on VHS because I don't like that movie. But ah, oh, oh, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> Justice for Team and T three. I'm telling you, man, read the manga. It's so good. I I, I, I was yeah, I was hearing that. I'm I'm a flip flopper on that one, because I'll I'll die on the hill that TMNT three is a straight up mirage story. I I mean it's it's got the plot like it, it does have like a plot that could be mirage. The issue is is the dialogue and some of the other moments along the way. Yeah, uh, the what know, willies. Like, yeah, like what willy, what willy, what willy, and that kind of stuff is like where it's <laughs> where it loses me. You know, that's where it, that's where it loses me. As we've just watched the cartoon show. 
But this <laughs> thing is, even the cartoon doesn't like. Even the cartoon doesn't like go that far in. The, See, I feel like the Team in T three is a perfect track. mix of like the comics and the cartoon blended into one masterpiece. Uh, you know, I mean, we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Like I said, I found by the. The Shredder Casey dynamic, which is beautiful and makes hey, me I, want to weep. I like the overall plot of TMNT three. I don't think that they have to be fighting a action figure villain in every movie or instance. You know, it's okay for there to be a new one, and it's okay if they're on the slightly bland side, quote unquote, as long as the story and the journey for the turtles is interesting enough. Uh, so yeah, people who are like, oh yeah, for them to go back to this time to you know face against just some English guy instead of an iconic villain or whatever. It's like, that, that, that's fine. It doesn't, you don't have to have an iconic villain yeah. for every villain. Uh, I have no problem with him going back in time. I think it's really cool. I just, yeah, I think that movie is just kind of boring, kind of immature. Um, and I can't yeah. get over the, the time travel mechanics of it are just there's, there's awful. That too. Yeah. Fair enough. Anyway, we also have an episode about that. So if you want to listen to our, I mean, Cody's <laughs> thoughts won't be there, but mine and Keith's will be there. Yeah. Uh, Co- should, we, should we revisit that with Cody at some point? <laughs> yes. There we go. Uh, well, you know, we still got to cover the, uh, the Platinum Dunes movies. Yeah, true. So. Oh, gosh. All right. Man, what a way to end, end the season, though. Um, yeah. Are we ready, ready to get into news? Absolutely. Yeah. This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. So this week in news, there is loads of it, like like tons of it. I'm I'm scrolling through the group chat right now to try and see what some of it was because I'm already forgetting half of yeah. it. Yeah, I have a time. If you're an action figure collector or like any kind of a collector, it's either been the best week ever or the worst week ever, depending how you look at it. Best week for the toys, worst week for your wallet, right? Yeah, because did y'all see the the movie Funko Pops? I think, Spencer, you're into Funko Pops, right? Yes, but how into Funko Pops are we talking here? Like, I like just like purchasing them at cons and picking up one or here or there of characters I like, which, you know, has made it so I have a large collection. But I'm not like say, an avid Funko collector. Like, I've if never you own paid... more then five Funko Pops. You're, you're hardcore into Funko Pops. Oh, shoot. Well, I guess that means I'm quote-unquote hardcore. I don't know. I feel like hardcore is like when you'd like hardcore. pay. Hardcore. I feel like it's when you'd pay like more than 10 bucks for a pop. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's in your hardcore. You know, you got to complete the collection. I'm not, I'm not that deep in the, in, in the Funkos. Anyway. That's true. Well, they did. Um, I guess, I don't know. I guess it's not technically a leak. Target put up. Um, you could pre-order... And maybe they took it down. I don't know, like the Leonardo Funko Pop. And then there's one of him in the turtle van. And then on the back, we see um, we're going to get the four turtles, Splinter, April, and Superfly. And they don't I think, look bad. I, I, I think they're yeah. some of the best looking Funkos. To me, the Funkos are the best when they have like a, a good sculpt and they don't. There's that kind of default Funko look and these ones i think break the mold pretty well yeah they do a little bit um right. what other toys we got there's a ton yeah we also got, or sorry go ahead we've got the uh ultimate foot ninja from uh neca yeah they kind of just apparently they um like the the reviewer who got it works for or they they 
NECA deals with like a PR company and they just kind of send stuff out with no context, no info about the release or anything. So, yeah, yeah that'll be this, soon. Yeah, this is the one that's uh, it's like based on the Return to New York Foot Clan, right? Yes, yeah, it's based on like the guards, like the Foot Elite kind of guards that aren't Foot Elite, they're just the ultimate Foot Ninjas <laughs> that, that are yeah. sitting outside of, of Shredder's uh, of Shredder's area where he's oh. sitting at. You know, Ma- Leo like almost killed Raphael right? and then Leo saves him. It's yeah. called like the Foot Enforcer, right? Yeah, it, they had lots of different names. Like there's like Shredder's Elite Guard, Ultimate mm-hmm. Foot Ninja is what they're calling this action figure. Yeah, it's kind um, of just like, it's kind of like a, essentially a regular Foot Ninja, but it has, there's like a cloth good cape and like the, almost like the, I want to say like a, a, a catcher's face mask. Well, they, they've got like a hat on top of their head too. That's like a, it's not as big as the Foot Elite hats. It's not like a big straw hat. It's like a, like a See, metal looking dome. So I think hat. you, I think you two are describing two different figures. Yeah, though. I think we, I think we might be. Um, oh, I probably got them mixed up then. Yeah. Okay. Because there's the Ultimate Foot Ninja, and then there's the Foot Enforcer, which is like the, the chunkier one. That's mm. the one that almost killed Raphael. Oh, okay. Yeah. The the I think the Ultimate Foot Ninja is that one that like. You just see one of them in the background, <laughs> and they're like, "We'll make a figure off of that, right?" Okay, yeah. My the bad. foot enforcer, though. I he, do. Y'all ever ever have like those older stereos that had like the bars that showed like different waveforms, and like so when the music would play, it would be like, and the bars would go up and down. Yeah, that foot enforcer's loincloth has that same thing. It does. Like I thought it was like it looked like an abacus to me. I don't. I can't unsee it, and I almost <laughs> want to buy it just for that, you know. <laughs> but that that'll be coming out alongside on June twelfth, alongside the NECA Return to New York Turtles. So I've seen like lots of different people online calling them like Volume Three Ninja Turtles or Volume Two because they know they're drawn by Lawson and they know that Lawson did Volume Two, which means you know quite a bit. But you should also know that. In Volume 1, that original Turtles look that that first set of NECA figures was based on is only for, like, the first few issues. Yeah. And then, after a while, it evolved into what Return to New York looks like, um, even when Peter yeah. Laird and Kevin Eastman were drawing them. Yeah, because I would argue, like, um, I mean, because everyone, like, latches on to NECA's first attempt mm-hmm. um, at the Turtles. It's like, oh, these are the comic Turtles. Um, yeah. I would argue those turtles really only existed for like two or three issues, and then they by then the style was slowly morphing, where they were less beaky mm-hmm. <laughs> and more like bulky. So to me, it's really interesting that like people have latched onto that. Those are the Mirage Turtles, where the yeah. quote unquote I mean, Lawson Turtles, which is really like Lawson drawing like the Eastman and Laird, like yeah, combo. especially like Return to New York is like it's Lawson Eastman Laird. Talbot and I, I feel like someone else was on there too. Like it's a, it's a combination of people that drew those comics and mm-hmm. did different things. Different, you know, not the same person penciled or inked each issue. Like they, they traded off. So yeah, yeah even like these me, look yeah. like I mean these look like like issue twelve survivalist turtles as well. They're they're almost like more Peter Laird turtles than anything, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're definitely like more on on the Lairdian side, but. Yeah, no, that, that issue one look, it, it still kind of persists for, like, the first... It's definitely gone by the time Leonardo rolls around. Like, Leonardo 
looks more like uh but yeah it, it, it was like a slow progression to to what these are yeah but return to new york is still a part of volume one they had had multiple artists but that's the way the turtles looked at this point in volume one so their their look evolved yeah they kind of merged into the, just that blocky stocky look which i think it mm. other than their size i think it translated super well to figure form i think their thighs do look there's a little bit of oddness like when you translate that into plastic but these yeah. are definitely super cool light on the accessories though which is kind of a shame i i like myself some blocky turtles personally so i'm, I'm cool with it i'm fine with that uh, we know I, when this one's coming out because i'm pretty curious myself so we mike has it is june 12th for both uh for both the ultimate foot ninja and the uh return to new york turtles cool right around the corner yeah. yeah, there's a ton. We also had, um, for the Archie fans, uh, Playmates did kind of like an Archie Ninja Turtle Adventures box set where they have their own retro figures, April, Raph, Leo, and Mondo Gecko, but painted more in the Archie colors, which is interesting. Yeah, like the box even says Team NT Adventures, which is like the first time they've like specifically made toys for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Playmates is doing interesting stuff these days. So it's it, technically just repaints, but you know. Yeah, and the the Mike and Leo, are, I'm sorry, the Mike and Raphael are actually just they're from the like 2012, like they were the 2012 series, and they were supposed to look like the Mirage Turtles. So they're like those <laughs> those Frankenstein turtles, just painted yeah. to look like the cartoon. They have like, they have like a bunch of like scars. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to look like shading, but it's just like it looks like they have like stitches across their nose and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they, it is a little odd choice to just take those and be like, they're Archie Turtles now. But hey, yeah, I guess. Here we are. Work in what you can. Um, you got yours already, right? I did. The Yeah, the strange thing is, Cohen's, it seems across the team and T figure world, instead of doing like proper announcements, hey, you can buy it, they're just like putting these out. So like it just showed up on Amazon and um, you could order it like overnight delivery. So I did. And they <laughs> delivered it. It's awesome. So I think I think it's super neat. Yeah, another other NECA stuff is uh, the Wanderer Michelangelo. So in issue seventeen, there's a story called Distractions, where suddenly you see Michelangelo saving a damsel. We've we've covered this issue as well, and doing all these things in Japan, and then you learn that this whole thing is just Michelangelo writing a story uh, yeah. about about himself. <laughs> a little yeah. fanfic. Yeah. yeah, and so this is his the wanderer character inside that book uh that they've released that they're releasing a figure of yeah and apparently it might be exclusive to best buy their listing says but hmm. who knows if that'll hold or if it's just like a first drop when i originally saw yeah. it i thought it was like a last ronin lost years thing because i haven't read that yet um i think i would have gotten it had he had like the the full length skirt like he does on the cover but he doesn't um, yeah no, I remember the cover look better than I do this look as well. It's like more. it's like the last couple pages when he's like really fighting is when he looks like this. I I might pick up this figure because it looks really cool. It, it it's really just like the Lawson turtle or the Return to New York turtle, uh, just with yeah. a different head and, well, and body. So technically, it would be an Eric Talbot turtle in this case. But but that's yeah. right. I love Eric Talbot. He I don't know if you all like follow him on Instagram or anything, but he's he's 
like I think he's done with comics, but he's an amazing right. tattoo artist now. Yeah, I That's think I've cool. seen a few of those. Yeah. Have to go get a turtle from him or something, you know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That'd be sweet. Uh, I don't know. I don't do tattoos, but but if I were, you that's don't what do I would. tattoos yet. I I don't do tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find a, a phone background I like for more than a month. I ain't getting something tattooed on me for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just get it lasered off. All right, lasers. All right, what else we got? Uh, we've also got from NECA. The uh, synthetic foot ninjas have uh, had their release. I don't know when it's coming out, but we at least have yeah, a better look at them. Yeah, they also basically Best Buy did like the three figures essentially okay. together as their drop. So they all like people found them like midnight on Best Buy just <laughs> for sale. That's the the Wanderer Mikey, the synthetic ninja from Last Ronin, and then the three pack of the Shredder mutants. Yeah, yeah. The, the they're all just different wacky colors. Kind of, and it's the first time you can technically get the throw the clones together in the three pack because before the the claw arm shredder was only loot crate. So yeah, apparently they're colored like this in like the color classics for some reason or something like that. I saw someone share share some panel with it. I don't know yeah, why they yeah. that way. And the, it, I, if I remember right, they're not colored that way through the entire comic. It's just like that first splash page. They're they're colored that way. So I don't know why they why they chose to keep them that color, but yeah, interesting choice. But you know, I don't know. I, I I'd prefer to get the original look myself, but at the same, same. time, uh, unless you got that loot crate, you can't get a claw shredder. So. Yeah, though, if you if you keep an eye on eBay, some folks have them sometimes for a pretty decent price. Hmm. I think here is this. I found the image. Let's see. I guess. They look yeah, really cool. It's just like they they will not match anything else I have, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and they're really strange. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know if there's like a rule that they have to do like the IDW colors, and that's like the company line, or or what. Uh, though I'm sure I wouldn't doubt. I mean, I guess they already did put out like the variants for these, so I guess we're not going to get third oh, okay. iterations, but. So the picture you shared is not the picture I was thinking of. So it's possible they are colored that way through the entire series or the entire comic. Yeah, it's just the one I was able to find real quick, but I guess it is rooted somewhat it, in the, at least a panel. <laughs> it's rooted in the, the the frankly terrible coloring of the color classics. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that why we got the 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 red Renette and the like deep blue Shredder? Yeah, yeah. Well, the brown and red brunette. It's like mostly yeah. brown. Player two Ugh. brunette. Yeah, the Smash Brothers alt brunette. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. What other toys do we have? The last bit is those new best action figures just went up for pre order that are based on Matias Santaluco's art. Yes, uh, those are so good. I think yeah. they look awesome. I've seen some complaints about some people. I mean, I'm not that big of a toy guy, so uh, for me, I just see an action figure like that. And I'm like, awesome. There's some people that I guess don't like the way the articulation looks in the joints. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I'm a huge uh, best action fan. I mean, not nice, a huge fan, but for generally for the price, I think you get a really great deal with them. Though these ones are... Thirty-two dollars a piece, so it's a step up from their usual prices. 
Yeah, and I think they're able to do it because it's because their action figures are cheaper. But still, they they seem to be doing action figures of like the cool little nods that I like to see to some of the more obscure stuff, like Body Count Casey, Matias Santaluco's IDW art, and and the but the coolest part about this is that apparently they keep selling out on all of the websites that are selling these Matias Santaluco based action figures. Uh, which is awesome because that means there's a whole lot more people that are really into this than than I even thought there was, and I think that there's more than they intended. It's uh, definitely all... been a huge success. Now I do think um, it's been hard to track down because again they kind of they're just like dropping these things with very little context, so people have to like hunt around for different listings. Yeah. On Entertainment Earth, they there is like a blurb where it talks about how um, this is like. It's like a, a battle-ready paint edition. Um, yeah. Where, where does it say it? Battle-tested deco wash that highlights the grit and sweat. So, um, for folks who haven't been able to get one or didn't like jump on it immediately, every place it dropped and sold out, it should come out like normally. Um, I guess just like a different paint job or look. Um, if it's just if this is like a SDCC exclusive kind of painting or version, which is kind of common for SDCC, they'll release the figures with like a special like different decos or paint apps. So this won't be people's only chance to get these figures, and they do have like other deals they announced previously um, back in like the toy book when we first knew they were going to do the IDW line. Where you know they're doing turtles with motorcycles exclusive to like Target and Walmart, so I think there'll be a much fuller line they have planned because they've they've even said they're going to do like eight inch figures, and so you know, are we getting General Krang slash? Oh man, I I would I would buy a, a, an IDW General Krang like base General Krang figure. You know, even... I would. Yeah, I have to imagine that's coming because you know that line. I mean, there's him like nuts a, with a, it. a potential old Hob figure. There, there's there's a lot of potential. Agent Bishop and baby oh, yeah. Agent Bishop. <laughs> there, there'd better be a baby Agent Bishop I can put inside of his chest. Spoiler alert if you haven't read the IDW series. Yeah. <laughs> there, Someone there has been listening to our podcast too because they're, they're fulfilling all of our dreams. So <laughs> they, they really I, I imagine that's coming. <laughs> so help me if I can't put a little baby man inside this bigger man's chest. I don't know what I'll do. <laughs> Yeah, but you won't like it, whatever it is. Customs, maybe. Customs. Yeah, it's super exciting that we're getting IDW turtles. That it is. really is. Yeah, I get. It is about time that things, you know, are coming full circle back to the I'm series. That has been real surprised it's it's taken this long, honestly. I yeah. Mean, well, I think that it has taken a while for even more people to jump on board, and I think I think the last Ronin has brought more people onto the series mm. as people have read the last Ronin comics. And are saying like, "Oh wow, this is actually pretty good." I think that we're seeing more people, you know, looking into the IDW comics and other things like that now. I, I think that the sales that you see from like the the monthly issue is nowhere near how many people are reading it by purchasing the hardcovers and the paperbacks and digital and however else they may read it. I think there's sure. a lot more people. Yeah, there's a lot of, I, I know like a lot of the kids these days, like they'll read comics online or apparently it's a big thing to 
like people make YouTube videos where they narrate the comics. Apparently that's a kind of like the motion comic style. Apparently that's a very popular thing too. Those have yeah. popped up for me too. I haven't watched any of them, but there's yeah. there's some that are better than others to me. There there's some where I've I've watched them and I'm like, hey, this is voice acting isn't actually half bad. And there's others where I'm kind of like, all right, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm cringing a little bit right now. I've got to admit, <laughs> you know, uh, not not to be too harsh on anyone, but they they vary in levels of quality. Yeah, I do think the comic audience is far bigger than people realize. Yeah, because even yeah, like because um. Like, a bunch of people I know, like, across different ages, like, you know, from, like, the teens to the adults, everyone was trying to snap these up. Though I am still, I'm a little surprised they sold out so fast. I know, like, there's a lot of best action stuff that does not sell out this quickly. I mean, they, they have a lot of figures, and I don't think any of them have sold like these. Yeah, they, they picked a good line to do it. All right, well, any other toy news? No. Not that I know of. I'm looking at you, Cody. You, yeah, no, I you think the that's list. it. It's weird because I feel like they they dropped so much. It's so crazy. It feels like it feels like it's just been like months, but it's really just been over the the few days. But yeah, that's it. I mean, it's still a couple hundred dollars. So yeah, right. Oh, oh well, there is kind of not necessarily news, but Battle Damage Shredder. If you have any of you live next to or have a Meyer store around. I Which don't. I guess it's it's what like Fred Myers turned into. Oh, I guess I kind of do. It's it's joint with the Smiths I live by. Yeah, I mean I don't. Yeah, because I know like the I think they're all tied together corporately. Um, but yeah, Battle Damage Shredder from NECA has been hitting Myers stores I know across the country. So you could you could pick him up. It's the it's again it's the it's again another IDW color classics version where he's like blue but he has like cuts and he has the unmasked head and it's huh. like thermite grenade so it's pretty cool so yeah he's out in the wild i suppose cool. oh and this is not news news but um on the back of who was it on the back of one of these figures there's a savanti romero picture yeah actually so we're gonna be getting savanti romero i think uh like kevin eastman accidentally leaked that at some point because he like showed his drawings for the box yeah that's right accidentally kev yeah i put all leaks in air quotes which isn't great for an audio only <laughs> podcast but <laughs> if you create enough wind resistance with your fingers <laughs> right exactly all right anything else for toys yeah i think that's it i think Everyone has, you know, they, they know what to do with their wallets. Right. Just toss them, toss them out. Just mail them directly to NECA. <laughs> and, and best action. Right? <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. What else we got for news, guys? Well, I mean, I guess, I, guess, I guess we buried the lead with, like, the biggest one is the Mutant Mayhem trailer. Definitely. I actually mm -hmm. dropped out. Yeah, we, we were holding out on you listeners to uh, talk about the Mutant Mayhem trailer till now. So, yeah, take two minutes, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest of our episode, yeah. if you haven't already. It it actually has me a lot more excited for this movie. Uh, there's, there's action and, like, gangs and, you know, a little bit less of the, uh, like, it's still there, but, you know, a little bit less of the, I don't know, what it felt like was more of, like, the comedy side in the previous trailer. 
mm-hmm. uh, we got to see more of like the action cool stuff, which makes me more excited for this movie because that's that's what I like in Ninja Turtles is the action cool stuff. I mean, I also like the comedy, but but you know, I like there to be a lot of action cool stuff too. It yeah. did definitely showcase like a good balance of everything versus just like you know, mm-hmm. like the first one where it's just the turtles talking, and so some people were like, "Woo." Yeesh, but yeah, yeah, so much of the turtles talking and just kind of like you know getting size stuck on their leg and stuff, which was funny. But I, I, I'm glad to finally see the action part taking off and and seeing Baxter Stockman just just a small glimpse of him in the background. What's maybe possibly the EPF, or it could be Dark Water, or it could be Dark Water under the EPF. Uh, we don't know yet. Yeah, I, I mean, one thing I could say, like, it does seem like everybody working on the TMNT property. They are just like full blown, like full on shell heads. I think it's been proven. <laughs> yes. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it at all. I just hope it's not too tied to the '80s shell heads. That's all. Like, I, I just not too, not too hard into the '87 series. Pull, you know, like they kind of pull a little bit from Adventures, but just, just bring on Bishop as a villain, as that original 2003 thing, please. I like IDW did it. We can do it in this movie too, or I mean, it movie not necessarily in this movie, but in the next movie or whatever. I think it's cool it, that like Shredder and Krang are not the enemies, at least it seems yeah. so far in in this movie. Like I know we've talked about that a lot on the podcast. Like the, the, they work, you know, the turtles work even without Shredder and Krang, and I hope this movie proves that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really hoping for that too. I think it can do it. Yeah, I would assume like at the it, it'll be the kind of thing where it's like at the end we get a drop that like Shredder was you know behind oh, it yeah. all like mid credit scene of some sort like Baxter groveling to Shredder after he's failed mm-hmm. yeah or crying mm. I really like the part where uh where Raph's like I oh, I dream every night of fighting and they're like you have a rage <laughs> problem he's like it's not a problem like <laughs> that's a little too Raph you know. <laughs> He's definitely already a teenage lunatic. Yeah, yeah. It looks good. Like I, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Spencer. Like I was, I'm definitely. I was gonna see it either way, but like, yeah, it it looks more my speed now than like a, a yeah, younger I'm, kid's speed, you know. So I'm actually starting to feel the hype now. You know, it's like, yeah. oh man, we've got potential like dark water or or U P or E P F. I mean, uh, guys going on here. It could be dark water under the EPF, like in the IDW comics, because there's a guy in the van that could be Sergeant Winter. It could mm-hmm. be a new bulky version of Bishop. We'll have to see. But either well, like, way, I feel like the comedy they showcase was was more my more my taste anyway. Like I already mentioned the one line, but then there's also like a like Leo rats them out, and they're like, yeah, "Don't use I that phrase that. like that." I like that, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Like I, I like that stuff better than just like random screaming of like a kid getting stabbed in the leg, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, no, it looks it looks good. And again, it's been moved up. It's August second now instead of August fourth, so you don't have to wait through Thursday to watch it. <laughs> it that is still so strange to me too. Like it doesn't. I don't understand it at all. I... Like just a day or two. I mean, I'm. I mean, I guess it, I'm sure maybe somebody's looked at the calendar and there's some like reason for it. Or I think somebody was saying, like maybe they hope to like stretch the box office because they're super confident in it. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Do kids' movies usually release on Wednesday? Is that like a thing? I mean, I don't. I thought I thought movies still came out on Fridays. 
you know i did and, too like, you, but you saw them like thursday because i know like they do like you could see in like not midnight release but you can do like 10 p.m on a thursday or something is mm-hmm. like the de facto thing so but yeah, i've see, heard I've, some people say that wednesdays is pretty normal now so i i have no idea i've pretty much transitioned almost exclusively to waiting for it to coming to a streaming service so like i i'm totally out of the loop on all that <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely going to go out to theaters and see this one. I'm hoping like AMC does like a Ninja Turtles popcorn bucket or something cool. I need some. Oh, yeah. You, you can't have TMNT without schlocky merchandise. Right. Big ass cup with all yeah. the, yeah, all the weapons yeah, on they it. Did. Yeah, they have done some of those, um, which I don't know how I feel as a grown man ordering like the cute turtle cups, but we'll we'll cross that bridge when I get there. <laughs> you have until August 4th, 2nd, August 2nd <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was gonna say. Sorry. Well, you're good. I think that's uh, our show this week. So, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please let us know by leaving us a review. Good old five star review, of course. You know. Uh, yeah, we I, we only pay attention to the five star ones. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also leave space on Spotify for you to be able to comment, and we get to see those. And if we like them, we publish them. Uh, or, you know, I don't know, I guess if we feel like it's relevant. Uh, you can also find us on all of our socials, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, etc. as Ninja Turtle PH, or on TikTok, it's Ninja Turtle Power Hour. We haven't really done anything on there in a while. Either way, you can find us on social media. Mm. I was going to ask, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Uh, next week, we are jumping into Season 8 of 1987. Red Sky. Red Sky. Yeah. We're going to be covering episodes one, two, three, and four. We're bringing Cody on to help us cover the Red Sky seasons because we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here for the 87 series, and we're, we're sprinting to the end. Shopco Mike is coming back, baby. Shopco Mike. All right, so that's a Get Shredder, Wrath of the Rat King, Cyber Turtles, and State of Shock are the four episodes. I hope everyone's ready to be converted into Red Sky lovers because it's it's coming. It's going to revolutionize the industry. NECA's going to get into Red Sky after this. Like the Power Hour is going to be a big. It's going to be a game changer. As I'd like to know who the first person to coin the term Red Sky was because like that's not that's not like it wasn't advertised as that or anything. It, it was kind of a later on, yeah, fan made sure. theme or term. Yeah, I don't know. Either way, as the podcast's resident edgelord, I already like the Red Sky seasons more. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's my favorite so, line you've ever said in the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> I, I am the podcast's resident edgelord. Resident edgelord. Oh, man. So, that's our show this week. Thank you again so much for listening. And until next time, cowabunga dudes. Cowabunga. Mono a turtle <laughs>
say that before. Okay. But I think they just look, I think they're just kind of like lopsided looking feet. Yeah, well, like the the pinkies look, the pinky toe looks longer than the stubby uh, first toe. Let's see, I have, I pulled mine well, up. Um, he is a triceratops. I know, yeah, and that's the thing. It, like, he doesn't like, he's not like falling over or nothing, but it just, to me, when I look at him, like, I think his feet are on backwards. I don't know, they, they look even to me. The toes look really even on your Zog figure. They're they're very even, but if you maybe it's the angle I put it at, but like well, I, I actually swear. think if, if if yours are on backwards, I think mine are too. Because if you look at like the toe wrinkles, uh huh, like they face the same direction on mine as they do in your picture. Yeah. I think yeah, they mirror each other. I think yeah, I think he just has weird feet lines, weird too. feet. Right, I guess I'll just live with it. <laughs> just don't look at his feet. <laughs> I have to. Just, yeah. just pose him. Just pose him like a life field character with them. Like, oh my god! I was going to make that same reference. Thank you so much. <laughs> no feet. Off panel. You know. That always yeah. is. I don't understand how that can happen. Like you can be such a good artist and just give up on feet entirely. Well, wait, so he's Liefeld's like self-taught. So I think he yeah. Like when he draws feet, they just look like garden spades, basically. And I think yeah, people were like, making fun of him, so he was like, "Well, I'll just never draw feet again," basically. <laughs> Well, because you would think, though, like, um, like when you have like a day job, you can't necessarily like invest all the time you would want to. But once you're like a full time artist, what do you have to do all day other than just like, couldn't you just pick like this week? I'm going to learn how to draw feet for real. You would think. I, Maybe I it's like know. a point of pride where he's like, no, I'm the no feet guy. And if I'm not that, what am I? going to spend more time drawing pouches than anyone, but I'll be damned if I work on feet. Yeah, it's, it's anatomy's hard, you know. And if you haven't had a formal education to study anatomy and to like really get some of those things down, I think it's hard to uh, to learn. There's though I've seen I I ended up following some. There's a TikTok account that shows you how to draw, so I have like a rough idea how to draw a hand now. If I ever need to break it out. Oh, cool! I have how to draw Ninja Turtles comic book. Um, Hasn't worked so far, but they've gotten better. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Now, I remember one of my artistic style things that I did uh, when I was about 12, because I did want to start drawing, like, I don't know, more human characters instead of just monsters, where I would just, uh, because I had such a hard time, you know, drawing the actual shape of the body, I would just create these characters that were just eyes and a mouth and hands and feet, but there was, like, nothing in between. It was very, I guess, stylistic of me, but it was really just because I couldn't draw, you know? <laughs> That's kind of what I used to do. I used to make my own little turtle comics, and I would do... I mean, I just did, like, a circle for the shell, of course, but, yeah, mm -hmm. I would kind of... You just do the head and the, the feet and hands, and you're good. Yeah, well, they would just be floating, too. There wouldn't be, like, a stick in between them or anything. Oh, you, like you're drawing, like, like, Rayman? Like... Yeah, yeah, kind of like Rayman almost <laughs> kind of thing going on. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's, a great, that's a great comparison. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, no, I've never been good at drawing. It was pretty much when I had an art teacher in like my art one class tell me that my drawing wasn't detailed enough and I thought that I had done enough detail that I realized that it, I just really actually sucked at art. And, and, uh, no, that's the way. I got that too. I'm like, I get that on papers too. They're like, there's not enough detail in this paper. I'm like, maybe I just do better with less words. Maybe that's yeah. all it is. What's this arbitrary number of words and lines that I need to make? Stupid. What do you I mean? I was it's the opposite clear? way. 
I accidentally drew in my like the beginning art class. I accidentally drew like a like a one to one portrait of like the kid in the class we were supposed to draw, and everyone was stunned, and I was stunned, <laughs> and the teacher was so convinced on my talent that she made me sign up for like the advanced art class, mm-hmm. which I did not fit in or enjoy. So I just kind of sat around disappointing people. It was just a real <laughs> flash in the pan. Yeah. No, I realized I sucked at art, but then I still took art two after that. And uh, I, I guess I did okay at that because that teacher uh, was a lot more chill than didn't take it. Didn't take his job as a junior high school art teacher as seriously <laughs> as my previous one. Right. But, <laughs> and and for good reason. Uh, <laughs> the previous one was trying to reach those kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, he was a pretty cool guy, but but yeah, I don't know why she was so anal about about my art and having to uh, draw everything in a very particular way. She was pretty much like almost like trying to teach us like college level art classes. <laughs> I think uh, like she had us just like focusing on like shading and shading balls and things like that, you know. Shading spheres and, and things and, and all sorts of stuff. It was Shading spheres. Just, yeah. Yes, spheres. Spheres. <laughs> That's why I clarified a spheres afterwards. Yeah, you know? no, I was like, have uh, you just revealed some sort all of. Shading. <laughs> yeah. You just revealed some sort of trauma to us on accident. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, we have yeah, a life model today to... for the class. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it was, it was spheres. But constantly having to just shade stuff and like i don't know i i have a hard time believing i I compare that to the art two class and honestly i think my art one class was more challenging than my art two class uh so speaking of weird shading i know that's an odd transition but uh, with the like reveal of those new turtles that look like the city at war ones mm -hmm. i pulled out my ultimate collection of that and like there are some issues of that that are printed without the shading for some reason it's really odd. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, because in the... I mean, I guess that's way later than the issues like the kayfabe interviews are talking about, but they do describe a couple times where they sent stuff off to the printer and they just the printer sent back basically just whatever and they had, like, no choice but to go with it. Oh, yeah. Maybe yeah. that's what happened. I don't know. Because, well, like, originally it was printed with the shading, but it's like IDW removed it or... It, it didn't transfer oh. some way or something. I, I don't quite yeah. know how that happens, but yeah, I think it just has to do with the papers that they get from Kevin. It must. Yeah. Cause I was looking at one. I'm like, this looks like a coloring book, <laughs> like page. Like there's nothing, there's no depth to it whatsoever. I was like, was it originally printed this way? And I like went online and found a scan of it. And no, it, it just, for whatever reason, there's like two or three issues in the ultimate collections that don't have shading for some reason. Yeah. I've seen some yeah. people complain about that online. It must be a mistake because they were. I know one thing. I don't know what duo shade is, but they were all about the duo shade. Yeah. yeah. So duo shades like, so it's like this paper that has like cross hatching on it, and like if you put one, it comes with like one of, or I'm sorry, it comes with two different chemicals. This is my understanding of it. it comes with two different chemicals, and if you like, paint it with one chemical, like one set of the cross hatches, shades in. If you paint it with the other chemical, like the other opposing set of cross hatches shades in so that way you can do like either like a half shade or a full shade that's what makes it duo shade and it's kind of like automatic instead of having to do it like literally yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it's also just what gives those original comics the that like gritty look that they have to them 
that that is super unique. You know, I I don't know what it is about him, but I've always been drawn to it. I've always liked how that duo tone shading looks. Yeah. Uh, even when I first started reading those comics, and I was I was like, whoa, like these just look so. I don't know there's something about it that's like I said, it's always pulled me in. I do definitely prefer some grit in my artwork. That always, I think, makes it pop better instead of just yeah. being so like clean and flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like clean and flat is like a more common style now. Like, like they kind of try and make things look more like manga, uh, like like your kind of typical manga look, which can be kind of flat. I mean, you can have like dynamic poses and angles that kind of you know note motion and things like that, but. But there's something about adding that extra level of detail and grit that, I don't know, helps me. Y'all were talking about like Dragon Ball last time. I like every time I see a remaster of that, I kind of die inside because I like like the dirty, the gritty look where you're watching it at like 3 a.m. on a Saturday on like the the, the world's worst TV station. Like that's that's anime to me. (laughs) Right. When they clean it up, I think it just ruins it. I don't know what's happened lately on the like dvds for ninja turtles but like it used to be you could see like scan lines and like warbling along the edges of the screen because like i'm pretty sure it's just a vhs rip that they turn into dvds but like lately like it's like the entire screen shakes back and forth that's really, oh, really? annoying in, like, and I, in these episodes yeah like if you if you pay attention to the sides of the screen you'll see it kind of just like shakes back and forth Either that or i'm like i'm i have some sort of tumor in my head but i'm pretty sure it, it like <laughs> that's what's happening. And I confirmed, like, it's not just my DVD player. I, I saw it on, like, the, the YouTube version as well. I'm also... Wait, hold on. I started an episode. I guess the intro won't count, though. Probably not. I also play the DVDs on my Xbox, and I've discovered the Xbox has the worst um, DVD player known to man. Uh, that's what I used to play my DVDs, too. I don't know. I haven't had many problems with it. What makes it so awful? For me, so it's the Series X, and it'll randomly, it's like we can't read the disc anymore, and so I have to go through this whole process where like, I have to like completely shut it down, reload the disc, like, it takes oh. like multiple times. And apparently, when I look into it, apparently the, the Blu-ray app, they just like put very minimal work into it, so it's like known for being terrible. I've never had any problems with it. I've been watching my DVDs in it just fine. Hmm. It's and, also and it's, Series X. Really? Huh, yeah. yeah. I, maybe I just got a bad one, or my DVDs are terrible now. Do you have, like, because I have the ones, like, I got them, like, when they were actually, like, putting them out. And so, oh, I don't no, know, not me. Old. I have the full set, and I just bought it specifically for the podcast. I wouldn't own the original 87 series otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I have the, uh, the Turtle Van uh, box set. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. And if the next mutation isn't streaming anywhere, I'm going to be forced to purchase that for the sake of the podcast as well. Same. Oh my, the next mutation. It used to be on Netflix with like a different intro that is not nearly as good, but. Oh, you're talking like they replaced the, the, because the original theme song was like a, like a rock theme song kind of. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the DVDs have. Na, 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 Ninja Turtles. Yeah. The new DVD, the, the new DVDs, the DVDs now have like a. Almost like oh, a Black Eyed Peas song. It's kind of like New Agey ish. Yeah. Oh, like New Wavy kind of. Yeah, it's just it's. I don't know how to describe it. It's just like it's not rock, and so it's not what I remember. And so for me, it doesn't it doesn't slap as the kids say. 
but I've seen other like the children's on TikTok who talk about like they love the the new song. So I don't know. Hmm. I'm not detecting any any side warbling though. Well, I should go to the doctor then. Like... <laughs> I'll, I'll keep I've noticed it on multiple though. episodes. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I think this I later season though, like it's generally like. For me, like the visual quality is as good as it's been. They really, I don't know if they got better transfers or by this time they had saved the copies or what. But yeah, like uh, the European vacation, some of those episodes were, were rough. Yeah, it, it really felt like they just like found it like a VHS in a guy's basement. And we're like, okay, we'll just use that. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it because I don't really think they ever intended any of these series to be like released or really watched again. Unless it was like reruns that people were paying for. There's actually like a surprising amount of VHS releases that I didn't realize. Like even these episodes, like Shredder Triumphant came out on VHS in like 95 or something stupid. Oh man, mm. those were the days like you're getting nickel and dimed for VHS, which they continued oh, yeah. with like the DVDs. So mm -hmm. yeah, season seven's across like four DVDs, four different releases. Yeah, they milked it. Um, yeah. You got a little... I got little action figures with each one, so that, I mean that was kind of cool. But I, I do remember in the story, like you'd you'd stroll up, like, "Oh, I can get part one, and now I'll wait, however long, to get part two. Right? They're just as like, though it's all one contiguous story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, waiting with bated breath. They mm -hmm. they even did that strangely with like the 2012 series, which is like a fairly continuous story. They still, yeah. they broke it up into like bite-sized bits. They've just been very allergic to like a complete series. I don't know why. And they still haven't done it for 2003. Yeah, it's, it's weird. At least like 2012 eventually got a full release late yeah. last year. But yeah. I feel like, I suspect they just had a bunch of DVDs lying around and they're like, what if we bundled them? That's how we can get the last drop of money. Probably just yeah. keep squeezing out money from it, yeah. Just... I mean, they have they have at least made it so the last three seasons of, or four seasons of 2003 are available to like purchase on like Amazon and stuff now, at least, as digital versions. Spencer, have you ever seen where like people like 4K upscale the 2003 series? I have seen that that is available out there. I, I have it's... seen that. I don't know if you've like watched it side by side. It looks exactly the same. I bet it does. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, and I know like I'm old. I have old eyes. I wear very high grade glasses, but like I watch them side by side. I'm like that looks, I mean, n nowhere near worth a 4k upgrade. <laughs> like it looks exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all kind of purchased off of like Etsy and stuff like that. So I kind of wonder how, how valid or how you know i don't know i guess how legit that a uh, 4k upgrade really yeah, is as well it's only three and a half k in reality <laughs> i think they also use like ai usually so sometimes it, like it makes certain parts worse oh really huh. yeah because usually like they put it through like a like an automatic kind of program i mean i'm sure i guess some people could be like taking the time to go through piece by piece but because i think i did look at like some examples of that and i, I didn't necessarily care for it yeah. yeah. Anyway, we should probably get, get started on the episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have an episode to record. That's oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, that's all right. It's all, <laughs> it's all bonus content. All the end content, which my little brother finally has, uh, I guess, listened to the show. 
And uh, apparently that was his favorite part. <laughs> was I tell you, sometimes, like, that happened in my other podcast. It was like sometimes just us just goofing around was like the best part of the show. It's like you yeah. almost just got to get through the show and it's like, all right, here's the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a part of me that's like, man, am I, am I wasting my time with the rest of this hour? <laughs> no, it's the previous bits. It's it's all of it together. Like if they didn't have the previous bits, they wouldn't be looking forward to the rest of it. You know, yeah, it's like, like right. if, it's the vegetables if, of the meal. Right. If I apparently wasn't so bland and boring for the first. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the episode. opposite. If if you weren't so amazing at the end, right? This is like our yeah. podcast is like an episode of Frasier. Like you're just watching through to get to Kelsey Grammer singing about tossed salads and scrambled eggs, right? Yeah. I don't know why were why were we watching Frasier as children? What I don't know, man. I, like, Adults watched, really failed us. I I watched an episode recently. I was like, how did I how did I sit through this as a kid? Like half these jokes are going over my head. <laughs> well, it was because you had no choice. It was right, It's like right. it's Friday night. What's on TV? The one right. channel it, you have. It's, it was that or go outside. Yeah, yeah. No. No way. All right. Yeah. Let's get this party. On the road. Alrighty. Let's uh make like a tree and get started. <laughs>